0: God is good. God is good. Well, I am. We're overjoyed of all the things that God has given us. Friends in church is the most important. It's, it's the most important. The pastor got up on a pastor appreciation day one day and he says, I'm, "I, I, I, I am not thankful, but I do deserve this." And so, but. Uh, got his words mixed up, I guess he, he he is not thankful, but he deserves it. Uh, I was going to be preaching for Brother Diaro coming up in Santa Clarita, and I was talking to his son-in-law that does the interpreting, and he goes, well, I'll just have to tell you, your accent is so strong, it's going to be hard for me to interpret I said, Well, just if I say something you can't interpret, just say what he said. I said, All you gotta do is say what he said. So, so brother interpreter back there, if my accent's so strong you can't interpret, just utter the words what he said. The, sp- the Spirit will make intercession. <laughs> the Spirit will make intercession tonight. But um, well, I love the feeling that I have in this church, but I'm glad it's not just a feeling. When Jacob put the skins on to pretend he was Esau. His dad felt. He felt what he felt was Esau, but he just felt an old goat. That's all he felt was an old goat, but it felt like Esau. Tonight we don't go by feelings, but we're glad we do have feelings. We do glad, are glad for that. I, I'm going to just fixing to start um, getting into my message, but you having a pastor and I'm glad I have a pastor that is concerned for my soul. And I believe you're grateful that you have a pastor's concern for your soul. I'm like the old farmer man that had had two sons and a daughter. And the neighbors decided they wanted his chicken. They had one chicken that laid eggs for breakfast. And so they came over and stole the chicken. And so this dad went to the two boys and said, Son, our neighbor stole our chicken. And the boy said, Dad, it's just a chicken. It ain't no big deal. It's just a chicken. Said, "No sense in no sense in fighting for just a chicken." Well, a few weeks rocked by, and they came and they they stole the they stole the pig, and said, so "Dad, the, the uh, and the dad went to the boys and said, that pig that we've been fighting fat, fattening up, said uh, they stole a pig. What you gonna do about it?'" And the boy says, "It's just a pig, daddy. We'n't go buy another one. Ain't no big deal." And so, uh, a month or so later, the, the the neighbors came and stole the cow, their milk cow, and so the. Dad went to the son and said, Son, you're gonna to have to do something about it. He says, They stole her a milk cow. And they said, It's just a milk cow, Dad. It's no big deal. I make more. Well, a little time rocked by, and the neighbors came and they they kidnapped the sister and took the sister. And and the boys came and said, Dad, they took her sister. And the dad says, if you would have stopped them when they stole the chicken, they wouldn't be taking your sister. So, so I'm glad that I have a pastor that stops Satan when he comes in and takes my chicken. Yeah. Uh, Aren't you, aren't you glad? Every bit of truth, can, nothing of truth can be stripped. Because if any part of truth is stripped from you, you will lo- end up losing all of it. I'm so glad for truth. Turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 3. And while you're standing, I just want to say I, I realize the great men that's standing behind me tonight. Um, I just listen to stories of Elder Wheeler of things that's happened to him and what he's, where he's been through. and I, I'm thinking to myself, there's no way I can live long enough to accomplish much in God is what Brother Wheeler has accomplished. I, I just can't live that long. And then I look out and I see the souls that Brother um, Pastor Garza has affected and I'm thinking, man, it'll take a lifetime, a lifetime to affect this many souls i'm so grateful for that thank god for a good your good pastor and your good pastor's wife uh, don't ever take that for granted don't ever take that for granted book of genesis chapter three we're going to start we're going to read verses verses one through nine genesis the third chapter we'll start the first verse it says now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the lord god had made he said unto the woman yea hath god said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, And that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. The eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the lord god amongst the trees of the garden and the lord god called unto adam and said unto him where art thou what a question where art thou if we could hear god talk to us this is not part of my message but tonight if we could hear god talk to us and ask us where are you at right now what are you thinking about God knows and he knew, but he wanted Adam to come to that conclusion. Where are you at right now? Tonight I hope and pray that everyone, if God asks you that question, I hope every one of you can can answer God from the bottom of your heart and says, I'm where right where I want to be. I'm living for you, God. Turn to the book of First Corinthians, chapter 13. The book of First Corinthians, 13th chapter. We're going to read verses 6 down through the end of the chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, chapter 13, verses 6 through 13. This is, is, as you know, um, this is speaking of love, charity. Uh, Verse 6 of chapter 13, Rejoiceth not in iniquity but rejoiceth in truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, And that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these... Is charity the greatest of these? Is charity love will never cease. Uh, God's God's gifts and uh, gifts that He has for us, and the way we know our life when we get to heaven that that'll do away with. We won't need that anymore. We'll be in heaven with God. But love, love will never cease. Uh, you may be seated. I'm we'll gonna preach for a little while tonight. I'm gonna preach a glimpse. Of clarity a glimpse of clarity clarity is the quality of being easy to see easy to hear and easy to understand uh, some people as they speak some people they speak with great clarity that you know not just in the way they um orotate, not just the way they not just the way they they speak but when you say, say when they say something you know what they mean They don't beat around the bush. I had a roommate in college one time, and he says, "Um, you got a point there. He says, but if you'll comb your hair just a certain way, you can cover it up. Uh, Tonight, I I don't want to have to comb my hair a different way just so I can cover up points that I have. When I make a point, I want you to know what I'm talking about. Uh, I want my, when my dad spoke, he was like E.F. Hutton. My dad spoke, I heard what he said, and I listened to what he said. Many times in church, I'd be running around and not in the church house. I knew better than that. But I'd be running around outside my dad. So Ernie, he snapped his finger, and I—I I, I don't know. I somehow there was like jet engines going the opposite way. I skidded to a stop, and the next words, what he said, "When we get home, when we get home." See, he didn't have to whip me in public. He, he didn't have to do that. Uh, I knew good, good and well that my dad, and he knew he knew where to whip at. He says there's a certain pad that God gave every child, and that pad's not to sit on. He said that pad, is, it's a pad there so, so the kid can understand the correction. Happy is the man whom the Lord correcteth. Uh, happy is the man whom the Lord correcteth. As Sister Jackson, my pastor's wife, says she was afraid of three people growing up. She's afraid of Brother O'Brien, her dad, and God. And she says, and it was in that order. It was she says it was in that order But there's some clarity in life that that we need we we need clarity You know if there's things in life that I don't understand and I, I don't have to understand it It's not that big of a deal uh, If I've understood some understand some things I've understood I've gone through my life not understanding a lot of things I don't understand the laws of physics I, I just don't understand them uh, I really don't understand the laws of gravity up if you drop something it's gonna fall so there's things that I truly don't understand I don't even understand God's love I, I, I don't I don't I don't know how that works how someone that is in sin but I tell the church this this I said this is how you understand God's love the way you understand God's love is you understand how bad he hates sin that, that's the, These churches that want to do away with preaching against sin because of God's love, You you can't understand God's love unless you understand how bad he hates sin. Because for you to understand how bad God hates sin, and then you understand that God forgave you, that God wiped that away, and he forgot about it, how can there be greater love than that? For you to understand how bad he hates sin. And I, I, I want to always understand. I want to understand that. There's a lot of things in life I, I, I don't really see. There's a lot of things in life I don't understand. If you be honest with yourself, you'd have to say the same thing. There's things in life you just don't understand. But we're speaking of a, a, a couple here tonight, a Adam and Eve, that they had perfect clarity god created adam in his image there was perfect clarity uh there was nothing really that adam did not understand he, he knew, he knew god, adam knew adam knew everything when adam's sin the spiritual covers were placed over his eyes when he sinned before that i truly believe i mean I, the, the animals that we have, that the animals that we have, where do we come? have the names? Uh, the greatest majority of those animals, I believe Adam just named. Uh, of course, there are some animals that Adam didn't name, and one of them is a chicken. And he didn't name chicken because there was no chicken. God didn't create the chicken. God created the jungle fowl. And then the jungle fowl had a chicken. And so then we have chicken. so Adam didn't name the chicken, but he named the jungle fowl. Adam didn't name the dog, but he named the wolf. The, the dogs came from the wolf. So there's there's things that we have today that Adam didn't have back there, but everything he had, he, he looked, he looked at if there was a giraffe, he looked at, he looked over and he said, Oh, that's a giraffe. And Eve goes, How do you know? I don't know. It's just a giraffe. Yeah, and Adam says, Well, look at the look at that beautiful, look at the that beautiful stream of water. I'm going somewhere this morning, this evening. And Eve goes, well, how do you know that's a... Str- I don't know. That's just what it is. It's just what it is. And Adam says, isn't the grass beautiful? And the reason why it was so beautiful is because he didn't have to mow it. Some of you men that mow grass, you walk outside and you that grass is, gets lit tall and you don't walk out and say, oh, how, look how beautiful that grass is. No, it's like grass needs mowing. If you got a son, you're you're very blessed. Hey, hey, son, come over here. This grass needs growing. Getting mowing. So he didn't understand. He he he. No one had to set Adam down and say that's grass, because when God created Adam, He created Adam with some clarity in his life. He created Adam with some clarity in his life. But when sin came in, that's the reason why when you first time you came to a church house. When you walked in the back doors and, and the preacher started talking about sin, you're going, Sin, what's wrong with that? What, what, what's wrong what's what's wrong with this? I've I've lived my whole life committing this and what the He calls it a sin. What's wrong with that? And then sometimes some people leave the church house and they don't understand why the pastor preaches against sins and they don't understand why pastor preaches against certain things. It's because the pastor has spent time with God and the man of God has spent time with God and there just becomes clarity through his preaching and it just becomes clarity through his living and we get to sit and listen to whether it be the pastor or whether it be an evangelist comes through preached under the anointing power of God and there's clarity you may not understand it but it don't really matter if you understand it you may not see things the way the preached word is brought forth but it don't matter if you understand it it don't matter if you see things like that but the preacher is preaching through clarity because he has spent time with God what makes that wrong Years ago, no one understood and no one knew that there was anything wrong with smoking cigarettes. No one understood it. They just got a piece of paper, wrapped up some tobacco, rolled it in there and started smoking. They didn't understand. But there was some preachers and not just apostolic preachers that said, you can't do that. You can't do that. And then years later, the, the Surgeon General, I don't know if he's if he like maybe got a degree to become the Surgeon General, but he's the Surgeon General. He puts a list that this is hazardous to your health. This, is call, this could call cancer. So I'm, I'm, I'm just trying this, this evening to bring to you that in living for God, there's clarity. And the longer you live for God, the longer you serve God, there's clarity. See, see there's two types of authority in this world. There's just two types. One's intrinsic and one's derived. That's intrinsic authority is what you get from who you are. If you're a king, kid, child of the king, you just have that authority because that's who you are. You have authority. There's another authority that's a derived authority, and that's you get it from someone else to where if if someone says, I want you to go to the store and, and, and wrote a check, here's a check, take it to the store, and you take it to the store, you have authority to buy that. Living for God, I found out when I started living for God as a young young man. I found out that there's things that I was doing that I had that I struggled with. And and when the devil came against me with these temptations, I had to call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, can you help me? And then I kept living for God. And then some it's an amazing Brother Garza. Somehow between point A where I had to use the derived power of God and then somewhere I crossed over a line to where it was not just derived, it becomes intrinsic with me. So the things I struggled with when I first got in church, I don't struggle with them anymore because it was I, I went from having to say, Jesus, I, I still need the power of God. I just feel like telling someone this. These things that you're struggling with right now, these things that you're because you just got in church, you haven't been in church that long, you struggle with the habits and you struggle with the sins of this world, you just hang on. Because there, won't, there will come a time in your life that you keep hanging on, you keep calling on the name of Jesus Christ. You will turn, it will develop, and you will evolve from, from having to pray about those sins every time you wake up in the morning time till you'll be so victorious over those things they won't bother you anymore. Or should I say they won't, uh, they won't make you fall anymore because you went from, the, there's, this, is, this is clarity in your life. This is growing in your life. This is understanding oh, that, that these things you struggle with right now, you, you won't necessarily struggle with them in five years because you will, you will have overcome through the power of the name of Jesus Christ. The ability of knowing God was distorted when Adam sinned. It, it, it was distorted. He just knew God. He just understand who God was. He, under, he, under, he knew God. But there's many, many more things in life that we will never understand how Adam knew those things. Except that he God did go walking with Adam in the cool of the morning. He went walking with Adam and he went talking with Adam. And I believe there was things God imparted in Adam, that God just just talked to him, like like uh, like Elder Wheeler was saying how that brother Bean just they, him and brother Bean would talk and, and there would be some things that he would be taught, and there was things that we just didn't understand. And sometimes when I was talking to my pastor, he just talked and I just listened. He just talked and I just listened. And I learned so many things of God because, because of the man of God, and because God was talking to my life and I received a glimpse of clarity. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Pastor. And you're and you're spending this time with God. Oh, I believe that, that if you're struggling tonight and you're and you're struggling with some overcoming some things in your life, and, and you're struggling with maybe some sin that's been trying to creep into your life, you just keep holding on to God, and you just keep living for God, and you just keep serving God. God is going to come through for you. And you, one day you'll be walking by, oh, that's what's wrong with that. Now I see it. The glimpse of clarity in the morning walks and talks with God. God would talk with Adam and that communication would impart what Adam needed to know. And I believe it's the same way for us today. I believe our prayers, I believe our time spent with God, during our prayer time, God talks to us. And we understand the things of his because we've spent time with him. I've been, I've prayed and I I believe, I believe I'm preaching to a group of people that, that many, if not all of you have, have been in the same shoes. I've went and got down and prayed so troubled in my soul so troubled in my soul and something was bothering me so bad and i and i got down on my knees and i prayed and i prayed and i prayed and, and i can't say god came through for the answer but it seemed like a light switch was turned on and those things that bothered me it was just like it was god just took them away from me god just took like that don't matter i was in high school one time and and this teacher said well when i get to heaven he he, he wasn't going to heaven um, but he said, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. And he gave me a list of things that God he was going to ask God. Why. And I thought, no, if you was going to heaven, you wouldn't even think about that. Have you ever heard that? They, people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God. No, no, no. When I get to heaven, I ain't asking God nothing. Y'all feel the same way? No, 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 no. I ain't asking God nothing. Except how in the world did I get here? how did i make it but that won't bother me because i'm gonna be there and i'm gonna make it to heaven and but along the way if you serve god long enough and you live god for god long enough there'll be a light that turns on in your mind and there'll be something come on in your heart and you'll say that's why that is that's why that is many times in the word of God I was reading and things and I did not understand it and, and my mind was totally off of it and I was praying one day and God brother Garza, God stepped in with a moment of clarity and I thought that's what that is God thank you Jesus People backslide over the goofiest things in the world They they quit serving God over the things in the world that don't even matter I don't care. I'm going to make it to heaven. And I'm not being flippant about it. I'm going to make it to heaven. And if you live for God long enough, God's going to reach down and talk to you and give you a glimpse of clarity. I've been preaching many times, and I see my wife look at the lady and go, she doesn't know. I, I, I didn't say nothing. I didn't say a word. And I'm thinking, whatever they talked about, they ain't talked to me about it, but God's talking to me about it right now. Yeah, I'm going to get through my wife. I hey, I didn't tell you a word. Do you know where I'm at? Do you understand? If you've if you have been sitting in a church house and a preaching comes forth and you think, who talked to the pastor? See, I, I pastor a church that's a lot smaller than y'all, a lot, lot less people than y'all. And when I preach something, everybody knows who I'm talking to. I mean, everybody, Brother Guards is so good, you got a lot of targets out there. When you preach on something, ain't nobody knows who you're talking to. Unfortunately, the person you're talking to don't even know you're talking to them. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. In your prayer time, That's why it's so important for you to spend time with God. That's why it's so important for you to fast. That's why it's so important for you to pray. That's why it's so important for you to read the word of God. Because I'm walking down the road and I don't know where that clarity is coming from. I'm praying, and it may not come through the prayer, but I'm reading the Word of God. And it goes, wow. I was talking to someone, uh, a great friend of mine's brother, Laroe from Las Cruces. From, from, um, you know, Las Cruces and, and his dad was there, and his was, dad was talking about someone that couldn't understand the one God. And it could not understand one God, and this guy's name was Philip. And he could not understand one God. And he opened the scripture. And this Jesus says, have I not been so long time with you, Philip? When you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Philip goes, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. And so Philip got a revelation where Jesus was telling Philip that when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Ain't that awesome? A glimpse of clarity in your life, a glimpse of clarity, and then you say, I can make it another day. I can make it another day. I, I, I know I can make it another day. I didn't know I could make it yesterday, but I know I can make it tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen in my life but I know I can make it I believe there's some people here struggling tonight and I believe there's some people struggling the devil's trying to get to you and the devil's trying to tell you that you can't make it and the devil's trying to tempt you beyond anything you imagine but I'm telling you tonight you can make it because if you hold on long enough God will give you a glimpse of clarity in your life oh I love my Savior I love my Savior. I love my God. A lot of of people say, I'd love to be like Adam. Well, you can be. You just got to wake up early enough to be like Adam. You can be like Adam. And God had talked to him. You know, God and Adam had a close relationship. They they were friends. They they walked together. And they talked together. But an amazing thing about God is... God looked down through time, however long it was, when he created Adam. And I believe God, as he was creating Adam, God looked down and he saw into the future. He saw where Adam was going to sin. If, if we know that God knows everything from the beginning to the end, it, this ain't a doctrine to draw a sword on, but if we think that God knows everything and God saw that, but God didn't scrap Adam He he didn't scrap Adam. God kept creating Adam. And he said I'm going to put something down inside of him that when he does mess up, we're going to have a relationship again. Tonight Satan does his best to try to destroy you. Satan does his best to try to take your life and does his best to try to destroy you or you think that that even God cannot forgive you. I gave a Bible study to a man one time. His name was Russell West. He said, I am so bad that even God can't help me. Two years later, he came back and I got to baptize him in the name of Jesus Christ. (laughs) Paul says, I'm the worst of everybody. But I'm, I'm still preaching on a glimpse of clarity. He knew that Adam day that one day he would have to be removed from the garden, yet he still walked with him and talked with him. The things that Adam saw and heard during those morning strolls would never again be heard by anybody, even Adam. Maybe not even another human. God talked to Adam and spoke with him, but not in his fullness, but God longed for. And this is the awesome thing about God. He longed to have that relationship with Adam again. And he longed to have that relationship with his creation again. And he longed to have that close relationship again. And we're sitting here tonight, and we're the beneficiaries of God's love. And we're the beneficiaries of God's forgiveness. And we're the beneficiaries of God's greatness. And I'm a beneficiary of God knowing that, that he created man and man sinned, but God still loves me. Oh, if you're here today, tonight and you're not, you don't have the revelation of the one God and you don't have a relation of Jesus Christ, the baptism in Jesus name. And you don't have a revelation of of speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives the others. God's here tonight and he's wanting to give you and he wants to give you clarity tonight. He wants to give you an understanding tonight that he wants to put his spirit down on the inside of you. And he wants to make a new creature out of you. Isn't that a beautiful thing about God? Isn't that an awesome thing about God? That you, a sinner, that God wants to bring you back into his arms, he wants to envelop you with his love and say, you can do You can do better than that, and I'm going to bring you into the power of the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to bring you, and I'm going to forgive you, I'm going to draw you back in, and I'm going to fill you with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. That's what God wants to do for you tonight. Ah, that's what God wants to do for you tonight. In James chapter 2, verse 23, it says, And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. The friend of God. The the, the man who who we have a man, we have a, a mess over there in the Middle East. We have a mess over there, and I think I'm, would, we know who to blame, Sarah and Abraham. Wouldn't you say so? We have Sarah and Abraham, but God said, that's my friend. You have a mess in your life. You have a, Your life, it seems like it's torn apart, and it seems like every good thing in your life, you've tried. The Satan's tried to destroy it, and you've helped him out pretty good. And it seems like there's, there's a war going on. And you've struggled with doing right. And you struggle struggled get sin. And you've struggled against the hardships. And you've made a good mess out of your life. To, it probably worse than to you, because I'm not affected by it that much at this point in time. I, the, the Middle East, I'm over here in the United States, not safe and sound. And and But in but my lifetime, there's things I've messed up on. And there's things that I've failed God over. And there's things that I've let God down over. And it's the mess that I've created in my life. And it's, it's a mess that I've done and I've, I've messed my life all. But God looks down at me and says, that's my friend. That's the one that I love. That's the one that I gave my life for. And tonight if you're sitting here and you feel like that you've messed your life up and you feel like that you've destroyed your life, God is saying it's not too late to come unto me. God is saying it's not too late to give up your life, uh, your life of torment. God said it's not too late to give up and come to me. He wants to bring you back in. And if you once knew Him under the power of the Holy Ghost, I serve a God that wants to draw you back in. And if you've never served Him under the power of the Holy Ghost, God wants you to know what it feels like to have His power coursing through your veins. That's the God that I serve. Tonight, I hope you have a glimpse of clarity on God's love. I hope you have a glimpse. In Genesis chapter 18, verses 17 through 19, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham surely shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. Now, why would God say that? Because Abraham had a friendship with God, a relationship with God. When Judas came to Jesus after he had sold him, Jesus called him friend. See, we think, oh, my friend. If, If he was my friend, he wouldn't do that. If she was my friend, she wouldn't do that. That's our human thinking. But see, what God does, he doesn't see just the here and now. He's not just looking at the here and now. That's, that's what we see. I see when someone does me wrong. I, I see when someone, when someone comes against me. I see that. But see, what God does, he knows there's an altar. And he knows there's blood. He, he knows that blood will purify that. So God's looking above the altar. He's he's, he's seeing he's seeing beyond that. And he, he's not seeing you in the shape you're in right now. He's not seeing you with the sin. He said, that's my friend. Because I know he loves me. I know that's that's my friend. And I know what he's going to be like. I know what she's going to be like when she comes to the altar. When she repents of her sin. When he repents of his sin. I know what they're going to be like. And that's my friend. And that's my friend. Oh, some of you may be sitting here not thinking that there's no way God thinks I'm his friend. Some of you may be sitting there, there's just no way, but let me offer you a glimpse of clarity tonight. God sees what you can't see. God knows what you don't know. And he understands that, that all they need is a one trip to an altar. All they need is the blood, the blood that that he shed on Calvary. That's all they have to know. That's all they need to know. Because God wants to call you his friend again. When Mary and Martha sent for Jesus after Lazarus sick, Jesus waited. He waited for two days and went to his disciples and said, Hey, let's go to Judea. Let's let's go. There's something I'm gonna do. There's something I'm gonna do. But he goes, I'm letting my friend see something. That no one else has ever seen before, and came back to live and talk about it. I, I've got something I want that I want Lazarus to see. So when Jesus Christ, he waited as Lazarus was dead, and they said, "By now, Lord, he stinketh." By now, Lord, he stinketh. See, Lazarus had been dead, and God allowed Lazarus to step into a place that he would have never been if Jesus would have came through the the very moment he heard of Lazarus being sick. He allowed Lazarus to come back from the dead. He allowed Lazarus to come back and have a story that is sitting around his village. Ain't nobody ever could talk about it. Ain't nobody in that village could ever say anything and could never tell him what God did. In your life, God waited. It seemed like in us, in our lifetime, God waited too long. That's what it just seems like sometimes. God, why why did you wait so long? But God says, I've got something special for them. I've got something special for them, and I want them to see it. Tonight, you're sitting here tonight. God has allowed you to walk your path. God has allowed you to walk your path and choose your way. God has allowed you to make your choices. And God has allowed you to, 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 if you were like anything like me, God has allowed you to mess up royally. And God has allowed you. But God did that because now I can look back and I can say I know He loves me because He forgave me of my sins. God didn't keep me up as a perfect person. God didn't keep me being a perfect person. I can say I know He loves me because I know how much He hates sin. And I know what He's done in my life. So I know He loves me. He allowed me to go to the the brink of destruction. He allowed me to go to the brink of death. I know God loves me because what He allowed me to go through and He brought me back, That how great my God's love is for me. How great my God's love is for me. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12 says, "For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. See Jesus thought Lazarus was going back was worth going back for. They're going to stone you, Jesus. They're out to get you Jesus, but Jesus says, I have a friend. I have a friend. How many times has has Jesus pulled on you? How many times has Jesus called for you? And it seems like Satan wants to tell you that's it. But see, my God, I know he loves you because he loves me. I know God can work in your life because I know what he did in my life. I know God can pull you through because I know how he pulled me through. You sit and look around at the people around you. You're not looking at a group of people that came to God Perfect. You're not looking at a group of people that, that has never sinned, that never messed up in their lifetime. You're looking at a group of people that's been forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. You're looking at a group of people that God has made change and he's made them into something they never, never thought could be possible That because God allowed you to see a glimpse of clarity and a glimpse of his love in your life. We're sitting here today as testament to God's love. Jesus said, Lazarus is worth going back for He wanted to go back and save a friend from the jaws of death because Lazarus was his friend. Jesus took the blinders off Lazarus and let him get a glimpse of immortality because he was his friend. And through our relationship with God, we see many times throughout the Bible that God wants to pull back the blinders and let us see some clarity. But he will only do that for someone who will spend enough time to become his friend. Do you want to be his friend tonight? I guess that's the biggest question. I guess I guess that question is even possibly more important. Of, is, do you want to go to heaven? That question is more important than do you want to stay out of the grips of hell? That, 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 to me, do you want to be God's friend tonight? That's the biggest question. Because God will go to places... God will go to places that you never thought God would even touch if He knows that you're His friend tonight. God wants to give you a glimpse of clarity. If you're here tonight, let's all stand and the music come. So the question is do you want to be His friend? That's the question tonight. See, he's my friend. I don't want to sin. I don't want to fall short of his glory. Maybe I can say that being his friend is more important to me than missing hell. Maybe I can say being his friend is so important to me that even if there wasn't a heaven, or even if there wasn't a hell, I'd want to be his friend. Tonight, if you've not proven yourself to be a friend to God and you want to be his friend, the altars are open. The altars are open. You want a glimpse of clarity of how much he loves you, a glimpse of clarity show you how much He really does love you. God, give us some clarity tonight. Some clarity. If you're here tonight, you've not been acting like His friend. Won't you allow Him to be your friend? I know this is a simple message. But He does want to be your friend. He does want to be your friend. If you have a problem of staying away from the world, you have a problem with dabbling in the things of the world, why don't you just understand God wants to be your friend understand that God wants to be your friend tonight oh it's worth me laying aside all the beggarly elements of this world to be his friend can you plead with him tonight can you tell him that you want to be his friend too Jesus. Jesus. That's right. Talk to him. Talk to him tonight. God, I don't deserve to be your friend. I don't deserve to be your friend, God. But if there's a chance, But if there's a chance, God, I want to be your friend. Look down there and see all my friends. And see all my friends.